0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. Joining me tonight is none other than the one Mr. Coach Mo himself. Mo, welcome back to the program. Thanks, brother. I'm really, really happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here because what we'll be discussing tonight, I need some guidance on, okay? Um, If you've read the title of the episode, ladies and gentlemen... We will be discussing the new Assassin's Creed movie, the latest video game movie to hit cinemas, and has been received—we'll just say received—by <laughs> <laughs> okay. by audiences. So, before we get into that discussion, uh, what have you been entertained by recently, good sir?
1: Uh, well, I just got, uh, my 200th win on Tuesday, so that was kind of cool. We're gonna, you know, just celebrating, but got a lot of, a lot of more games to play, so I'm just gonna keep pushing. Um, the biggest thing, read a lot of comics, played a lot of games, but the thing that I'm probably the most excited about, um, is we're working on just our house and putting a little money into the fence and the deck, and that's been, uh, just really fun to kind of watch, um, our house kind of, uh, become, a be, home. yeah, become like the way we want it, like the home we want to enjoy. So that's probably been the thing that I probably enjoyed the most over the last couple weeks.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. So, as far as me, uh, when was the last time we recorded? I think it was for Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So, since then, I saw Rogue One one more time. And I, I the presentation that I saw the third time, which is the final time I'll be seeing it in the theaters, it was a better presentation than the first two times I saw it. The... The projector was set better, it was vibrant, it was beautiful color, and I was able to see everything very clearly and easily. So I think that uh my my preferred movie going experiences are definitely gonna have to be the IMAX screens because it's just so bright and vibrant and so good. So but that being said, uh I still feel the same way about it. It's just it's middle of the road for me. It hasn't improved, hasn't you know Deproved? is that is that the right word? Like <laughs> didn't get worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's Un- unimproved, unimproved. Yeah, there you go. Backwards proved, back back proved. Well, let's <laughs> let's go with back proved. Back proved. So it's still okay. But uh, as far as what I've been entertained by recently, um, I do want to mention that I I have just started watching for the very first time this gem of a tv show that may not be for everybody but i guess it's for me because i've i've i started like three or four days ago and i'm now 14 episodes in and that is the west wing do you know Hmm. what the west wing is mo
1: i think i watched the first episode maybe like on an airplane do you remember how they used to play like one of these shows and one of these shows but they're all with the same company they're Uh like abc or nbc well they still do that Oh, they still do? Okay. I remember I remember watching, like, one on a plane, but it was my first time flying to Ireland in, like, six or seven years. So I was so drugged up, I only remember, like, about the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, and then I was out. But I think that's my only experience.
0: Uh, okay. Oh. Um, if you enjoy drama, um, if you enjoy uh anything to do with politics if you enjoy anything to do with you know work friendships we'll go with that uh it seems to be really geared towards you if, if you identified with any of those things i have to say the ensemble cast is fantastic and this uh i think it's from the 90s the original uh series or the original episodes that i'm watching now and You can see a lot of the the character actors are very kind of young to what you see in a day. Like Rob Lowe, he definitely looks younger in this. Uh, And there's, you know, Martin Sheen. He still looks, you know, like he kind of does there. But it's Martin Sheen, every time like he's on as the president, I'm just like in awe at his performance. He's so captivating. And the speeches that he gives, obviously, that were written, that he. He just delivers them in such a great way. It's it's really cool to watch this show. I know it's completely fiction. Um, they, they borrow from real-life things, yeah, but, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of cool to see how it... It's a show that I never thought I would watch because when it was on when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this is for my dad. This is for old people. But now <laughs> I'm an old person. So... I'm uh, watching these things and just really finding myself enjoying them. So, I recommend if you if you're interested in if anything what I'm saying is piquing your interest, uh, it's on Netflix, all 7 seasons as far as I know that's all there is. Uh, are on Netflix for you to view at this point. So, uh recommend that. It's been taking up a, a few a fair bit of my viewing time at this point, so it's very enjoyable. Recommend. Um also what Another thing that I've watched recently that eh, is okay, Um, I'm I'm just going to kind of leave it at that, is Designated Survivor. And this is a show that I thought had a lot of promise to to it. And it's just kind of eh right now for me. They went to their mid-season break. And it's just, again, it's a political drama in a way. But it's not as good as The West Wing, that's for sure. But I like Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, and the cast is okay. Eh, but it's just... it's just. There's got to be something that happens, and it just feels like every episode, they want to leave you with the cliffhanger to keep coming back and back. And there's a little bit of substance, a little bit of build-up to the overall story before it goes to the next episode. I'm just... And at this point, I'm... I just want to find out the direction the show is going. I don't care. You know what I mean? I want to know the overall cause of what happened in the event. And then I want to see them rebuild the government from what, what they're in. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those one of those movies or TV shows where it's okay. I'm just kind of waiting for it to get better because I, I feel like it's there, but it just isn't there. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I was actually, when you said it, I was like, oh, that's one of Sutherland. I I wanted to watch that one, just never got around to it.
0: Yeah, again, it's worth watching, I think. It's just, I just, it's just, it needs to do something. It needs to do something. (laughs) There's a lot of side plots that it's covered, and I just don't really care about them. But anyway, uh, that's all I want to call out at this point. So another thing I do want to call out as far as games, though, go. Games go, though. Whatever. (laughs) Final Fantasy Fifteen.
1: Oh, have you played that yet? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I have played it. I have played nearly 100 hours, probably. And I have all the achievements. And that game is amazing. It's not for everybody. And I, I, I understand that. But it spoke to me in a way that a game hasn't spoken to me in a long time. Mm-hmm. The... The fan service to Final Fantasy in general was excellent. The supplementary materials with the, uh, the Kingsglaive movie and the Brotherhood anime, just perfect supplemental materials that you can go in without them, but if you go in with them, you, you're better for it. And the characters in the game, fantastic. Storytelling can be a little confusing, I can understand from different people's point of views but to me it made sense and the gameplay was really fun it was a great game in my opinion that was my game of the year for 2016 for sure um it's it surprised me i didn't really know if i would enjoy it as much as i did because honestly i haven't finished a final fantasy game since final fantasy 7 so it's been a good oh wow uh about 20 years Yeah, this is the 20th anniversary this year of Final Fantasy VII. So it's been 20 years since I finished a Final Fantasy game, at least. And there's been a lot, obviously, since then. But this one really captivated me, made me want to go and play it, made me really love the characters, enjoy the story, want to do everything, want to do all the crazy stuff for all the achievements, um, which honestly weren't that terrible to attain. But there's just one that's kind of ridiculous. And it's so good. I recommend it if you enjoy RPGs. If you enjoy... Uh, if you ever went on a road trip with your friends and you really look back on that with fondness, that's what this game is. This game is a road trip with, your, with buddies. And... It's just so good. Because it really... Builds up those relationships between you and your friends, and it makes you care about all of them. And it's all about the journey. It's a great journey. You kind of, you're not 100 percent sure where the destination is going to be, but it's about the journey getting there, which is kind of an analogy f- for that game itself. You know, it, it was announced, it went through a lot of different uh, renditions was announced 10 years ago as Final Fantasy Versus 13. Um, but it you know took a long time to come out but it finally did and I really enjoyed it and I'm glad I got to experience it. Fantastic game and I highly recommend. So, with that being said, moving on to our main topic of discussion for this week. <clears throat> Join me mo as we venture to the animus for our entertaining thoughts. Assassin's Creed. Starring Michael Fassbender. Uh, is it Marilyn or Madeline Coltiar? Uh mm-hmm. She was in Rise of the Batman, Rises, Dark Knight Rises. Um, and Jeremy Irons is also in this movie. Those are the notables, I think. Um, Mo, I, I we have different opinions, I believe, of this movie. How many times did you see it? Uh, four. Four is my last one. Four Uh, times. mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I saw it once. Um, Were there people... How crowded was your showing, and when did you see it first?
1: Uh, I saw it opening night. Then I saw it the next Saturday. And then I saw it a couple days after that. And then I saw it again, like, three days ago.
0: So how how many people were there besides you? Um, The first two, it was pretty
1: packed. Um, but that that theater only holds, say, what, 20 per row? And I think there's only 10 rows. So, I mean, that's a, what is that? I mean, maybe it's not, it's 10, 10 per row, maybe. Because it's, it's that nice IMAX one I always go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 10 per row, let's say 100 people. So, I, I would say probably 80 or 90 uh, the first two times. The second time, it was during a weekday be at that 11 30 show that early morning one so i want to say there's like 15 people on there maybe and the last one probably another 20 20 or 30
0: so so let me set the stage for you it's christmas day about three o'clock i decided to go ahead and go see this movie because you know it's a video game movie i really like video games and i want to kind of support people taking that leap from game to movie uh and i like michael fassbender so I wanted to see what they would do. So decided to go, and I was running a little bit behind, but I went anyway. Uh, about 15 minutes, I figured the, the credits, or the, not the credits, the previews would have been over at that point. Yeah. So I went over, and I, I got to my box office, and I said, one for Assassin's Creed, please. And he looked at someone else and said, are, are we still selling for that? And he said, yeah. And he said, it's 15 minutes late. And I was like, that's fine. It's just private previews, right? And he's like, well, yeah. And lo and behold, he went and started the movie. It wasn't even playing. There was nobody else that came <laughs> to watch Assassin's Creed. And he started the movie just for me. So I had the entire theory to myself, uh, that nice. cinema, that particular one. And
1: That's how I saw all three of the last Harry Potters. <laughs>
0: For the first time?
1: Uh, I, I made really good friends at a movie theater. Uh, actually, he, I think he listened to the show. Hi, Chris. Um, Hi, Chris. And how he, are you? He, he let me have a private viewing for just me and my wife for Harry Potter 6, Harry Potter 7 Part 1, and Harry Potter 7.2. Even though he had four of the theaters that were all sold out. That's awesome. He's a very good friend. Uh, I love that guy a lot. So, Chris, thank you for helping create some very awesome memories for me and my wife.
0: Chris, if I'm ever in the San Antonio area, I'd like to shake your hand. You good man. Uh, he's in South Dakota. If you're ever in the South Dakota area, Chris, or if I'm ever in the South Dakota area, <laughs> I'd like to stop by and shake your hand. Uh, but if he's in San Antonio for some reason, I'm there. Let me know. Yep. But good. So I was literally the only person in this movie. And by the time I walk in there, because I went ahead and got popcorn and a drink, because I was like, okay, cool, you guys started the movie for me. You didn't just say no. I'm going to go ahead and get some concessions to kind of give you guys a little bump, right? Because it's a small theater. It's This isn't the IMAX theater that I usually go to. It's a smaller one. Mm-hmm. But there are still people there going to see, like, Star Wars and other things that were opening up. And I walk in there, and I, I see, like, sand as you walk in. Uh, did that is that where the movie opened up? Like, sand? Yeah. And yeah the... you're, you're right on it. Okay. So... I figured I didn't miss much by the time the Assassin's Creed actually logo came up on the screen. I'm like, okay, this is probably just like the opening, you know, prologue type thing. Because I get in there, and by the time I sit down, then they start talking, and it's all in subtitles. I'm like, oh, cool, it's in subtitles. I kind of like that. They aren't doing that thing where they turn it into English for people who don't want to read subtitles. And I <laughs> yeah. actually really enjoyed that. I think that's a great move uh, thematically. Um, from a directing standpoint for them to do I, that's that's very applaudable but are we supposed to like this character um that we're following the the modern day assassin the lineage guy uh that's played by Michael Fassbender are we supposed to like him um that's the thing like
1: in the first 3 games you had um a present day uh pr- protagonist. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. The guy that's the main person. Is not that word right? Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but everybody wanted to go back into the animus for the guy in the past. And so that relationship as it went on became very strained. And so I loved how they made it this way because th- that was kind of the way the video game one was akin to um everybody wanted to be in the animus they didn't want the story within the story like well, what made be... they wanted to be in the
0: animus because that's where
1: the action was yep so i always liked that part cuz i loved being out of the animus i loved searching through and having the conversations and finding out what was going on like again remember this is for me this is a different game we're talking about this is the first non sports game it was assassins creed that I played to build a relationship with a student. So this game has a very special place in my heart. I did every side mission. I did every part of the game, every part of the story. Like, I I lived and breathed this game because my student lived and breathed this game. And it led to a bond that I still have. So I was looking at this as, you guys are akin into the game. Everyone hated when they were out of the Animus. So you want this character that you don't really like. But just like the way the character in the game you warmed up to as you played because of the experiences he's having of the war that's being fought. They brought that war to the present. And I, and I really enjoyed how the movie evolved and you going with, I really don't like this guy to, okay, like he's turning it around and he's going to do what's right. Um, at least that's how I felt as I was watching the the movie.
0: So I can see that. But at the same time, you you kind of want to feel for the character in some way, but mm-hmm. I never it never gave me a reason to like him, but it didn't really give me a reason to dislike him. He was just kind of there. Yeah. I mean, you uh, knew that he did some sort of crime because the first time you see him, he's getting executed. Did you catch what he did? Um, he, mm, I think he murdered somebody. Uh, a pimp. Yeah. It was, okay. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, hurting hurting a girl. Which so. okay, they they give him kind of a noble thing mm-hmm. that he did, but still they don't really because I can't I can't even remember that that was the actual reason. Again, I'm glad I have you for for the finer details. <laughs> but every time that he's on the screen, I just I'm like okay, cool, it's Michael Fassbender. Um, I like seeing him in his other movies. I really thought he was great as Magneto, but I just this feels like a weird role for him in a lot of ways because when I'm watching the movie and I'm seeing him in the modern day setting, he's kind of nobody. He doesn't care about anybody or anything at the beginning. And you can definitely just kind of tell that he's just there to whatever. He can't be anywhere else. So he's there and he's just kind of doing his thing. And then he just decides to commit to the program, so to speak. And, that's when he starts to change, right? Is he mm-hmm. confronts his father, which the whole reason I I don't understand how he decided and and again, you've got more exposure to this. Did you the whole confrontation with the father, did it did that move you in any way to to see why he let him live from what we know of this character?
1: Um okay. So a little back information um in the games when you go into the animus and you're reliving these memories um they make a correlation between the memories and your body not in the way the the of course the movie was where like he was physically doing the action um in this it was more your your muscles were now learning these skills through kind of like an osmosis type thing where because you're living this memory you're developing these skills does that make sense Mm hmm. So part of that, and again, this is reading into it a little bit, is you're going to develop that sense of honor and pride and character and right and wrong. And again, that's what the assassins stand for. Um, they stand for the idea that free will should be free. You should be able to make your own choices, even if they're bad ones. That's why they, they put in the code like all is permitted, because you should be allowed to do great deeds. But they also feel that you should be allowed to do bad if that's what you are. Now, they, they're they not saying you shouldn't be punished for it. They're just saying you should be free to choose that choice. So if you think about how they, that property of the assassins having that that code, that loyalty, that morality, the more he's in that machine, the more he's going to grow. And instead of being an angry kid who saw his mom die, he realized, like, No, you're going to live with this. I'm going to move past this. And I'm going to start taking care of the things I'm supposed to take care of. And so what was brokenness turned into anger. And then that anger turned into understanding. So you went from the broken kid who's in prison, who's on death row, to the angry kid who's confronting dad, to the kid who's grown and become a man and is – not ready to accept the cause of being an assassin. So,
0: that's what I got out of it. But, again, you're kind of making the point that I was going to make later on. Because you have exposure to the games, it influences a lot of what you know and a Mm -hmm. lot of what you expect out of this movie, would it not? Yeah.
1: Like, I was very... There were a couple of things that I was really disappointed in, um, that I felt if they would have just seen it from the gamer's point of view, they could have adapted it to the movie better, and I felt like it would have been broadened and generalized for the audience, so they could have experienced more. Um, but at the same point, I, I I'm I'm not a professional movie writer, so who knows if I would have been right.
0: <laughs> <sighs> so, I'm when. As someone who has experienced the games, right? You go mm-hmm. in there. You know what the Animus is already. You already know what the Apple of Eden is. You kind of understand. Yep. You know what the Assassins are. You know what they stand for. You, you know that there's going to be a mix of modern and, and past. But for the normal movie going public, that would be... Uh, they wouldn't understand anything what's happening here. They don't mm-hmm. fully develop the the reasonings, like you you did a better job developing the reasoning of the assassins than than the movie did. You fleshed out the character a lot more in your couple minutes of talking about him, a lot better than the movie did, unless mm-hmm. you have that knowledge of the games before it because you can definitely tell that this game or this movie, sorry, is made and intended for the gamers. This is a movie yeah. that will be enjoyed a lot more by gamers than it would be by the typical movie going public. Oh. And so when you look at the the score that you're seeing like right now on on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, the critic score, right? It's pretty low. It's it's I don't think it's more than 20% at this point. And I can I understand it. I would personally think from a movie point of view only that you're looking more at a Maybe fifty percent, if it was me. From just the movie view only, but having the knowledge and the background uh, of the game influencing my viewing of the movie, it, it it pumps it up a little bit more. So I give it more of like a you know a seven point five to an eight kind of range. Mm-hmm. That's that's really where I think this movie sits. But the problem I have with this movie is twofold. When they go back and forth between the past and the present. That creates an inherent issue with pacing of this movie. There are movies that do it well, and there are movies that don't. And this kind of errs on the side of not doing it well, because they never on, on in the past. You get these huge action sequences. That's what they are. Every time that he goes in the Animus, it's it's basically just a huge mission from the game. And in these action sequences, they're great. They're they're awesome. They look good. Again, I applauded the use of subtitles for not changing that to being you know, English, and those are fantastic. However, they end them a little too soon, and they begin them just a little too late. So you don't really understand the reason why they're doing what they're doing. Do you agree with that or no?
1: Yeah it's really hard for me to step away from this unbiasedly. And like, I see how, when I went to this and the reason I went to it four times was because of the love that I have for the games right? and the things I saw in, but it's a swing and a miss for the general audience. And I really wish they could have taken more time to do it. Right. But I think the writing was on the wall The moment they did this where they had to choose, do you make this for everybody or do you make this for the people who bought all those games? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of where I'm sitting going. Like when I saw this, this movie was made for me. Like this movie was made for me to go and consume. When it comes out on Blu-ray, I'll be buying it day one and I'll be sitting and watching it two or three more times. Uh, It's already made me start replaying Assassin's Creed 1. And I'm going to do that one, and then I'll do two, and I'll go to three. I'm going to skip the Brotherhood one just for a little bit because I need a little time off from that one because I was planning on the collection. Um, But it's just, as someone who loves Assassin's Creed, I really wish they could have done this for everybody, but I love that they did it for us. It would be like Rogue One, yeah, they did it for everybody to the best of their ability, but if you had never seen a Star Wars movie before, that that was not a good movie. Does that make sense? Like, and, and that's I already I said that on the previous podcast. Like, if you had never gone to Star Wars, that one's a tough one to swallow because you're going. Well, why are we here? What's a Jedi? What does this do? What is, What are you talking about? And that's the same problem you ran into here. If you had never been experienced to Assassin's Creed, you wouldn't understand that when you come out of the Animus, it's not action, action, action. It's taking care of your body because you just went through hell. Mhm. So that's why like when he was making the I love how they made that jump such a physically exerting thing. Like they're no pull him out, pull him out, pull him out. He's about to do a leap of faith because they were trying to tell you that this huge maneuver is a big strain on the body. And so when he did one because he was so synced up and they were like, "Oh, he just did a leap of faith." Because it, you think about it, hurtling yourself off of a building. Aiming for a hay barrel, that's intense. And the human body shouldn't go through that. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and that is another thing, too, is they pulled him earlier because he was about, or he did a leap of faith in the ancient time, but mm-hmm. they pulled him before it got too far. Yeah. But my next question is kind of detaching a little bit again when he did the leap of faith, when he went in there willingly, he broke the Animus.
1: Yeah.
0: How? 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 <laughs> um, here,
1: Here's what I saw. That arm, I'm guessing, was built within certain parameters. And think about that Animus. It's it's, um, creating this artificial reality, correct? This old world. So that arm wasn't ready to be put through the amount of force that someone's going to be picking up when they hit that terminal velocity jumping off of a building. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So this metallic arm, just who's used to maybe someone running, maybe interacting with pretending you're on a horse, it's now interacting with you putting so many Gs of force flying to the ground. And I think that's why the arm ended up breaking in that scene, and why now instead of him being attached to the Animus in this controlled way, it brought up those emotions and memories from where they kept saying, uh, "Your blood is not your own; it's your your ancestors," and that's where he was seeing them, and that's where that um, what do they call it? Uh, I can never remember it in the game. Fading, spark. What's that word? I don't remember it. Uh, where he saw the ancestors pop up in that scene.
0: Mm-hmm. So. So my next question is, was it just sheer coincidence that that uprising started at the same time?
1: Um, Things you learn from the Assassin's Creed games. Coincidence is not always happening. Like There's a plan. There's things that are passed from past to future and future to past. And so I would say no. I would say if they're able to make a second one, you'll find out why. Um, I'm really excited to see where some of those characters go because the real world Assassin's Creed stuff is some of my favorite parts of the games. Um, I really enjoy like seeing an assassin climbing up, uh, you know, skyscrapers in New York and planning out missions. I, I just think they'd be so intense and so great. Um, but I don't know if that's something we'll get. I'm not sure again, like you said, if it's getting a 20, um, I don't know that people like me are going to be the ones who are going to be able to save it. So, we'll Mm -hmm. see.
0: So, those are the things that I think a lot of people that go into this movie that were a fan of the game, even, kind of missed out on. Because they went there, and they're like, why did this happen? You know, why did this uprising just all of a sudden start happening? I kind of put it to the fact that, okay, they knew that this guy was there, and they kind of got the sense that he was going to betray the creed even though he wasn't really part of the creed and give the location of the apple and so they uprose to really kind of stop him and my theory is when they got to there the animus where he was they were going to kill him but they saw what was happening and realized that he was one of them now
1: and you could be right there too i mean that that looked like they made a plan like we got to protect the, the the Apple of Eden and, and going in there to kill him would have been something that I could see like looking at it that way as well.
0: Because they tried to a, a few times already in the movie. Yep.
1: That was one of actually my favorite scenes in that part was him <laughs> whooping up on him and he has the uh, – what do you call it? The guillotine thing around his neck. Oh, like, yeah. And he just looks at the guy like what? Mm-hmm.
0: I just, that made me chuckle so. <laughs> um, but yeah and this whole ending sequence so I never got the vibe that well I, in the beginning I did actually the only person that to me really takes a, a convincing character journey is the daughter the one who actually makes the, the animus I can't remember what her name is uh, played by Marianne Cordelard or whatever her name is Um, she at the beginning seems to be you know, Templar and evil in a way. Mm -hmm. But through the movie, she doesn't seem that way. She kind of just seems like this is what she does. She understands that the Templars are behind it. She doesn't really understand the whole assassins versus Templars kind of thing, I don't believe. Mm -hmm. And at the end, she's spared. But the last shot of her, were we supposed to take that she was, now going to kind of pick up her father's mantle and, you know, put an end to the assassins. Is she taking up that fight now or is she an ally of them? I don't understand where she stood uh, just by that final scene. I didn't know
1: either. Um, I did not like that character probably the first 20 minutes of the movie. And it was because of the, the soft spoken nature. It was the way the character was being acted, but from the game, the Assassin's Creed 1, there's a very strong female role in that one who ends up being uh, like a secret Templar or a secret assassin agent in the Templar building. And she ends up saving you. And that leads to two. Um, so I was like, ah. she's so soft-spoken. Um, but I kept loving how she would just say, nope, I got this. I got this. Even when he's choking her out, she's like, no, it's fine. Because she's like, I what I'm doing is good. And she just had like this faith around her, which I liked. I'm really hoping that she ends up being a spy for them on the assassin side and helps them take down the Templars if we get a second movie. So that's what I'm hoping. I, I, I could see both happening where she picks up the mantle not to be evil, but to say, Father, I'm going to go complete this work that you were doing and I'm going to make violence not happen. Mm-hmm. So
0: and if they did do another movie do you think that it would be mostly focused in modern or would there still be going back and forth because they've they've kind of established now that okay you got this group that are kind of enlightened to the way of the creed mm-hmm. um, in this modern time running around Spain do do you focus on that or do you still rely on the animus they have to build another animus to go back and forth or back in time and understand something from the past To me, it kind of seems like they would step away from the past, for the most part, and just focus on the modern times. And I think that that would be effective.
1: Mm -hmm. See, what I would like to see is kind of a broadened version of Assassin's Creed 2 brought into this. Um, That's where they get the smaller, more nimbly set-up Animus that was created by uh, one of the cohorts in that present-day team. Um, with that, I would love to see them, you know, we're resetting up or reestablishing the present. But we know there's another piece of Eden out there that the Templar could use to track the apple. So maybe you get like a good, awesome 10 minute scene of someone jumping in the Animus to go find that piece of Eden. And then you have to watch the present day national treasure esque journey to go find that piece. I think that'd be a really, really cool and fun way to do it with it more centered in the present with a little bit of that original Assassin's Creed love of diving into the past.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So overall, what were your what were your thoughts on this movie? How would you rate it on like a ten point scale?
1: Uh, again, it's really harsh, mean unbiased and like, it's just, it's kind of like the Chicago bears or, you know, my blazers, They're teams that I love with my whole heart. And even when they're really bad, I always try to find the silver lining. So in this situation, dear listener, friends, family, understand that I'm doing this because of the love that I have for the franchise and the things that I have seen influence what I saw and the reason I went four times. So I would give it a good eight and a
0: half. So for me, again, I put it in that seven and a half kind of range for being someone who has viewed the games and kind of understands the backstory. But honestly, for someone who doesn't know anything about the games going into this, you're probably going to walk out, you're going to be lukewarm, if not disappointed. So you're probably going to be in the the 45 to the 50 range. Um, That's where I'd put it. But, you know, it, it, this is a movie that, again, is made for the fans. It's, it's made for Mo. It's made for the people who really enjoy the game and that story because they were true to the game. They were true to the storyline. And if you enjoyed those, you're going to like this. Um, and I really believe that that's where this movie excels. This is fan service. And when you do fan service, it doesn't always work. It it works for the fans, Yeah. But it doesn't always work for the the majority of the uh, movie-going audience. Because they've got other movies to go watch. They've got La La Land. They've got Rogue One. They've got all these other movies that they could go see. But you want them, the people that go to those movies, to maybe go consider yours. But you just don't you don't give them enough time to understand what's happening. And I think that's the failure of this movie. It's not a bad movie. But it's just a misstep. And it's a misstep that I think that's going to come back to haunt them because if they wanted to launch this into a franchise, it didn't get a strong start. It didn't perform the way they wanted to uh, in the money side of things and definitely not in the critical reception. So, again, this is fan service, and I believe fans of the game will like it. The music didn't really stand out to me in any way and, you know out of the ordinary it was just typical music uh, you know to accompany it which is fine um i do like the assassin's creed music in the games i think it's actually pretty good a lot of times um mm-hmm. this one just felt a little bit i don't want to say color by numbers i just I, it's felt kind of sterile you know there was nothing there was no theme to kind of felt like they missed
1: up. really hard oh sorry I feel like they missed really hard on that scene when Young Cow was doing the bike trick. Um, they went with this really unknown, grungy rock song that didn't have an emotion to it. And there are so many better songs I think they could have played that would have really given you that Daredevil-esque feeling. Um, even if you would have gone to like that original you know, theme song at that point in time, I think that could have been done better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that was something I did notice as well that musically, there were some, some pretty good missteps as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so there, there were a few things that could have definitely been improved upon. And I, I think that this will probably be the only entry that we see to this series without some retooling. So until I buy it and make my own <laughs> assassins, Mo. Hey, if you do that, I want to be like the executive producer or something. Deal. <laughs> Assassin's Mo so um, yeah that's kind of our, our final thoughts on, on Assassin's Creed so dear listener what did you think did you go venture out did you take a look at it what did you think did, did you take something different away do you align more with Mo or with me or do you have your own stance completely we'd love to hear it you can send us a tweet at entertainingpod. You can send us an email, connect at that'sentertaining.net. You can find me if you want to talk to me on Twitter. I am at voicedbynathan. Mo, where are you? Uh,
1: at Coach Hulk on Twitter.
0: And you can also find me on Xbox Live at Spider Jedi if you want to check out my amazing Final Fantasy 15 achievements. Mo, where can they find you on <laughs> Xbox? They can find me on Xbox Live at Coach Mahoney. Uh, Although, I really am thinking about changing it to Coach Hulk. If you can. Synergy. It works. I might have to. But now that you say that, someone else is going to change it to it. They're, they're going to beat you to it. Please don't steal my name. No, if you want to do it, you got it tonight. So you never know. That's nice. How do you how do you do it on the new one? Uh, Just go to your, your profile, change the name, I think. Mm. So if you do it, do it. But if you're not going to do it, you better just forget about it. Xbox on. <laughs> Is your Kinect even hooked up still? Yeah, it just popped on. That's nice. Time. All right. So that'll do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk to you again next month in February for another edition of That's Entertaining. But now we thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained.